Joyce and welcome back to the Handprints Podcast. So today's episode was actually supposed to be an episode with a guest, but given the current situation of the world, some things that were supposed to happen didn't quite work out the way that I thought they would happen and my plans changed. So hopefully next week's episode will be with a guest. Until then, I decided that today I just kind of wanted to do more of a chatty, personal episode where I just talk to you guys kind of about my life, about some things that I do just to stay in the word, have community with other believers, as well as just have that daily intimacy with the Father. And so I'm just going to be talking about that today. I wanted to start out by reading a verse that kind of gave me the idea for this episode, and that is Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. And verse 34 then says, therefore don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus speaks these words at the Sermon on the Mount, and they're just such powerful words. And I think the second part that I read about anxiety and don't worry about tomorrow, that is such a common verse that we speak to when we speak about anxiety. And as someone who has struggled deeply with anxiety, specifically When I was younger in school, in elementary school, anxiety was a huge struggle in my life and something that truly affected me every day. And I know I had heard this verse over and over, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will take care of itself. But I think what comes before that, what prefaces it, isn't said enough and that seek first the kingdom. Because we don't have to worry about tomorrow when our eyes are focused on the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom and that concept isn't meant to be something that's legalistic or a chore or a rule like you have to do this. It's really meant to say, wait, when your perspective's up here, it changes everything. When your gaze is up here, it changes your perspective. And so that's where I wanted to start out when thinking about this episode. It's just, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? daily and it looks different every day and it looks different for every person but I just thought I would talk to you guys about what it looks like for me and this changes for me quite often as well but this is where I'm at right now. So I kind of wanted to structure this episode into three different parts of this. So one is prayer, the second is quiet time, and the third is community, Bible study, and fellowship. And so I'm going to start by just talking about prayer and what does my prayer time look like? My senior year of high school, kind of a mentor, he used to be a pastor, and he asked me once, Anna, what is your prayer life like? And he knew that I struggled with anxiety, and that was a big part of my life. And I was with my mom when he asked me this, actually, and it's something that I think about a lot. And I heard Francis Chan say that the other day on a message. He said, rarely do people ask me, what's your prayer life like? Because people can just assume that I'm praying. People can just assume that I'm spending time with the Lord. But that question, what is your prayer life like? Because out of these three things, fellowship, Bible study, prayer time, I find that prayer is often actually the most neglected 
and it's often the one that we talk about the least because we just make assumptions about it. And I think the other thing that happens is we almost view it as unimportant. But I would say that prayer in and of itself is just uh, abundantly important. It is so important because it's the time where we get to commune with God. It is the time where we get to have fellowship with the Lord of Lord, God Almighty, the great I am. It's a time when we get to speak to him. You know, what I love so much is that we get a relationship with a God who hears us. I have a relationship with a God who knows me, who created me, who hears me. Like, how lucky am I, you know, to come to be able to get under the presence of the Lord of Lords, you know? Think about Moses in the Old Testament. When Moses first talks to God, he walks to this altar or down this altar and he he just falls before God because he's so holy. And I think about that and I think sometimes in the midst of all of our practical advice, we miss that awe and majesty of the Lord. We forget like my God created the heavens and the earth and was around before, was around during, will be around forevermore. He is infinite. And I just think we forget because our brains can't comprehend how holy God is. And so we don't even take time to think like, I am under his majesty. It should make us feel so small and insignificant. And yet those are the parts where you say, God, use me. Like, God, you want to use me? I'm so insignificant and it's humbling. And it should be this awe and wonder that we come under in prayer. And it's so beautiful. And I think we forget that. And so I'm not trying to preach here. I'm just saying something because it's something that I've had to work on. It's something that I find sometimes I can get lost in. And sometimes it can just be like, okay, when I wake up, Lord, will you be with me? When I go to bed, Lord, will you be with me? But that's not it. Like sometimes it's just sitting under his presence, you know? And so for me lately, a big thing that I've been doing is trying not only to pray before I read my Bible, not only to pray at meals, not only to pray before I go to bed, but I've been trying to stay in that state of constant prayer. You know, the Bible talks about pray without ceasing and just continually in prayer, continually in this conversation with God where you can just say anything at any time you're speaking to him, you know? And there are times where I directly you know, will kneel or sit on the floor or whatever I'm doing and I'm just spending time with God. But other times it's just in my car. It's as I walk to class. It's as I'm even in conversation with another and I feel a stirring in my heart and I just say, Lord, be in this, you know? And so while prayer is both a constant thing, it is also something that I think taking the time to really do is so life-changing, not because of what you can ask for, not because of what you can get, not because God is some wishing well machine, like that's not it. It's because you get to be under the presence of the Lord Almighty 
that is why prayer is so amazing. Not because of what you can get, not because of what you can ask for, but because you are literally in the presence of God. Like what? (laughs) I just think about that and I think it's crazy because it's so awe-inspiring that you just get to be in the presence of God. Romans 8 verses 26 through 27 says in the same way the spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of god man how powerful that We don't even have to know what to pray because we don't know what to pray. And a big part of my prayer life recently has actually been just coming before the throne of God and saying, Lord, I don't know what to pray for. Like, I need your spirit to intercede for me and asking the spirit to intercede for us. And it's so powerful to let go of the list of what we want and just say, Lord, what do you want? And it's not that we shouldn't ask for those things because the Bible does tell us to ask for those things. But Jesus also said, I know you need this. The Father knows you need this. He knows that you need food and water and clothing. He already knows your needs. And yet we can present our request to him. And I love that we have such a personable God, like such a personable God that while he's so holy and we just want to be in his presence he also cares for us and cares for the desires of our hearts and knows the desires of our hearts because he created us he already knows what we want and need and we don't have to hide that from him there was a while actually this semester where i was struggling with this desire i had and it wasn't a bad desire it was actually a desire that i'm sure or not sure, but that I thought, well, God probably put this desire on my heart. It's not an inherently bad desire, but it was a desire that I felt so deeply that it was affecting who ruled my heart. It was affecting how I lived because it was either me just constantly thinking about this thing over here or me constantly thinking about God. Like, I have to choose. There is a battleground on the basis of who rules our hearts. And it became idolatrous to let this desire grow into more than just what it is. And I needed to surrender it and put it under God. And so the big thing though in this was I almost tried to completely get rid of it by denying it and saying, no, I don't even care. I That's not even me. I don't even want that thing. But the truth was I did. And a big part of me actually surrendering this desire was me actually saying, God, I do want this. I do desire this, and you know this is a desire of my heart, and yet, Lord, I'm going to hold it with an open hand. And if that's not your will, then I trust that you have something better and that I will still get you, and that's enough. Because that's the ultimate. And so, don't deny the desires. Don't deny your wants and needs. Jesus said that we actually have the power to ask for them and yet we can do that while still 
saying, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Another kind of powerful practice for me has been praying the Lord's Prayer right when I wake up. And it's not necessarily word for word from the Lord's Prayer as you would learn it maybe in Sunday school or when you're young, kind of depending on how you grew up, but it's more of just like Lord Almighty, like I'm in your presence, like this morning I come to you, God, and I just pray that your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, give me today's bread, and Lord, forgive me my trespasses, and I go on, and I just, I try to deeply pray the Lord's prayer, not just the words, because sometimes I think with a prayer like the Lord's prayer, where many of us, if we grew up in Christian circles, have heard it over and over. When we're praying it, we're not actually praying it, we're just saying it. And so something that's been a powerful practice for me is really praying the Lord's Prayer, really stepping into it and putting my heart in a posture where I'm saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. You know what I need. And so that's been really, really powerful for me. And I don't want to sit here and think that everyone would just know this prayer. Um, And so if you don't, the Lord's Prayer is written in the Gospels. Matthew 6 actually has it written. Verses 9 through 13 had the model prayer that Jesus gave us to pray. And so that's been a really powerful practice for me recently when it comes to my prayer life, but it's not something I've always done. And yet, um, just starting out my morning right when I wake up. And that idea of seek first. Because sometimes I just think, okay, God, you're going to provide everything, but I'm not actually seeking him first. I also just want to say, when going back to that verse, seek first the kingdom and everything else will be provided for you. Sometimes everything else doesn't look like you think it will be, but God knows what you need. I don't say that saying, okay, God's going to give you whatever you want if you seek him first. That's not it. But as you seek him first, your desires do begin to become his desires. The desires of the spirit live in you and pull at you more than the desires of your flesh do as you continually seek him. Another thing that I think has been a powerful practice for me has been really intentionally praying for others that I love, that I know, anyone who's given me something that they need prayer for, or anyone who I feel led by the Spirit to pray for. Um, If I just feel the nudge of the Spirit to pray for them, I really lately I've been trying to be intentional about following that nudge of the Spirit and praying for others and not just praying for myself and not just praying for whatever, you know, like I said, get rid of the list kind of thing, but I have found that just being intentional to just sit down and say, Lord, I don't know what these people need, but God, I just want to lift these people up to you, these prayers to you, God, um, that has been a really powerful, impactful focus in my prayer life to turn the attention from me onto God and how I want him to move in others' lives. That is kind of what my prayer life has looked like recently, but prayer is something that for me really just, it is a growing practice because I do want to be in a constant state of prayer and yet also have that intentional time, you know, sitting. For me, it's not so much about here's these goals of how I want to pray, but it's that I just want more of the Lord and as I seek the Lord, I crave the Lord. 
you know, as I taste and see that he is good, I want more. I keep coming back because I know when I seek him how satisfied I am. But if I'm not tasting him, then I'm not going to want him because I don't know how good he is. But if I'm constantly going to him, then I want to keep going back. All right, so that was quite a while that we just spent talking about prayer. Now I want to move on kind of to my daily quiet time, which part of that is prayer. But the other part of just my personal study my personal study of scripture, the devotionals that I use. I just wanted to talk about that for a little while. So my quiet time is something that has been an evolving practice kind of since I first started walking with the Lord right after my freshman year of high school. And actually right before that, I started studying scripture, I think at the end of eighth grade. We were doing it in youth group a little more. And so I started reading my Bible actually before I really would say I started walking with the Lord and accepted Jesus into my heart truly I was reading it but since then there's just been so much growth and so much has changed and so I now actually I just ordered a new bible but the bible that I've been using since my sophomore year of high school is the she reads truth journaling bible is the christian standard bible and I love it I actually ordered a new one that's the exact same Bible. It's just hardcover and it's custom painted. Very excited about it. But the one I use right now is the one that I've basically been using for these last four years since I've been walking with the Lord. And so I actually was journaling about it the other day, just like this Bible really holds a lot of my love story with Jesus. Just as I have read it, I've just fallen so much deeper in love with Jesus. And I just love <laughs> scripture so much. And I love looking back the thing that I love, especially about a journaling Bible, is that I can see on the pages how Jesus moved, how the Lord moved. And I have kept journals over the years, and I still continue to prayer journal, and I use journals when I'm taking notes in church. But for my own personal quiet time, what I've been doing, and this is, I always go back to this. I've tried other things. I've tried journaling in a journal while I'm reading, but I've always gone back to, I love writing it on the pages of my Bible. And part of the reason I'm actually getting a new Bible is because this one has just filled up. And so now I read and I try to write things and I end up with sticky notes all over the page. But I love that because I can look at a passage of scripture and see how God has just moved, how he's revealed things to me over time around scripture, how he has revealed new things, how once I saw something this way or this stuck out to me, but this time this st sticks out to me, you know, and I, I love that about journaling Bibles. And I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but for me, I just can't get enough of it. I love it so, so much. And so what my daily quiet time really looks like as of late, as of what I normally go back to is I just start out in prayer like I was just talking about. I like to start out in prayer and then I'll normally go to whatever book of the Bible I'm reading at that point. I'm currently reading the Acts of the Apostles. I'm loving Acts. Honestly, I feel like it's such an underrated book of the Bible because it's so such a powerful testimony of the early church. 
I love it. I think it's great. I mean, I think all scripture is great, but I think I didn't realize how much I think Acts can be undervalued. And so I'm currently reading Acts. And so what I normally do is I will pray and then I'll go straight into whatever book I'm reading. And I'm normally at a new chapter. I always finish a chapter before I finish reading most all the time just because I like to start at a new chapter, even though that's not how the Bible was written in those chapters. What I'll normally do is I'll back up a couple verses before the start of the new chapter and I'll kind of watch as the scripture flows from one chapter into another so that I can see how they all kind of tie together, where we're going, etc, etc. And I will read normally the whole chapter and then I'll go back to the beginning of the chapter and I'll highlight things that stick out to me and I will write things that stick out to me, but I always like to read it once first so that I can get a whole picture of this chapter, go from beginning to end, and then sometimes as I'm reading it the first time I'll highlight stuff, but normally I won't write anything until after I've done that. And so I'll go back and as I'm going back, honestly, the observations, questions, I'll write so many different things. Sometimes it's kind of application-based, but for the most part, I just am writing my awe and amazement with the Lord. What I get the most out of scripture is just that I want to fall more in love with Jesus, and that's what it generally causes me to do. And so sometimes I will write notes about my life or how it applies to a certain situation, but a lot of the times it's just me saying, wow, God, or writing a note, or sometimes it's a question. Um, for example, today I read through Acts 15 and I was highlighting some stuff and then there was a verse that said, you know, it's this Jerusalem council is what is taking place in Acts 15 and the church makes a decision about circumcision during this time. And then in verse 11, it says, on the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way they are. This is Peter referring to the Jews and the Gentiles. And I wrote out to the side, this is an example of church authority, where the church prayed about this and they got knowledge and insight from the Holy Spirit and they said, this is a decision. So I wrote that and I write all kinds of notes like that. And then I also will make references and I'll say, oh, this reminds me of this verse or going back to this verse or sometimes in the gospels, I might write where that same scene takes place in another gospel. That's kind of what my study looks like. And I will say sometimes, especially in the Old Testament, it will be a little more observation, note-taking, that kind of thing. But when I read the New Testament, I tend to just continually be in awe and amazement of the Lord Jesus Christ. I also might mention I go to a liberal arts school and so we actually took biblical studies our freshman year. It's a requirement. And that for me was a very different experience because we were looking at the text from an academic standpoint. And I will say I really enjoyed that for other reasons. And I also used to spend more time kind of doing a soap method where you would say scripture, observation, application, prayer. That's how like soap method or different kinds of methods where you say, okay, we're gonna have a question and then an observation and then an application. And I've done that before and I do really appreciate those styles as well. I've just found that 
for me now I just like to write whatever I feel prompted to by the spirit whatever I feel prompted to whatever I'm learning whatever I want to write that's really what goes down in my bible nowadays as far as other devotionals I have done a couple different devotionals but the one I always again go back to New Morning Mercies, Paul David Tripp. If you listen to Michelle Reed podcast or if you watch her YouTube, she talks about this devotional quite a bit. I love it. I think it is just so, so great because not only does it kind of convict you in the moment, you know, I find that often it's kind of like, oh, wow, I'm broken. (laughs) That's most days you say, wow, I'm really broken. And then it always ends with this message of grace, but there's grace. There's new mercies every morning. Like that's who Jesus is. And I love new morning mercies because it's backed up by scripture. It is very insightful and it always ends with a message of grace in the gospel in that Christ actually died for this. I really appreciate new morning mercies. It's something that I used to read actually before I would do my Bible time on my own, but now I normally read it afterwards and then I will read the additional reading at the end also. And so I like to do both, but sometimes I'm in seasons where I really just focus on the devotional and sometimes I'm in seasons where I really just focus on the Bible itself, which would be my preferred (laughs) method just because I think that the word is what we would want to be going back to anyway but I especially find on the days where I feel so weak in my flesh the devotional is really helpful just it's a single page for the day and it's just I can read it and say okay like I see what you're doing Lord or even if I don't see it I trust you you know and it's really helpful in that and so especially if you don't know where to start I would so recommend New Morning Mercies just because It is a great, great devotional just to every day present the gospel to you in a new light and in a new message of, look, you're broken, but look what Jesus did for you. Also, if you're looking to read a new book of the Bible or you don't know where to start, I would recommend starting in the Gospel of John. That's just my personal recommendation. I think it's the easiest gospel to read and so I would recommend that if you're a new believer or you've never read the Bible before or maybe you're looking for a new place to start, the Gospel of John is just so beautifully written. It's easy to understand and I mean easy in the sense of compared I think to gospels like Luke are a little more difficult to read and so I really appreciate it. There's just so much of Jesus in it. There's so much of Jesus just in the whole Bible and It all circles back to him, but I think if you're a new believer, starting with the Gospels is a great, great place to start. I would also say the book of Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, and Philippians are all great, great books kind of to get you started. And then I would also say Acts of the Apostles is just such a testimony to what the early church did. And so those are kind of some of the areas I personally really enjoy in the Bible, but it's all scripture. It's all filled with the word of God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says that all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so I truly believe the word of God, it is sharp as a sword in that it does not come back 
void and there's so much to be learned from it. I really, really would encourage you, don't be afraid to dive into the word. And I would also just say we are so lucky as believers in the day and age that we live in that we have the word so readily available to us. You can get an app on your phone. You can find Bibles for inexpensive. You can find them in thrift stores often. They're in hotels. It's so much more accessible to us, specifically us, if you live in the United States, like I do, than it's ever been before. Compared to, there are lots of countries where it's not readily available, where it's prohibited. There have been times when it's not even in our languages. And so I would just say that we're so blessed to even have access to it. I also really quick want to touch on some fellowship ideas of how I continue to seek the kingdom first through fellowship with other believers, through Bible studies, etc, etc. So in every season, again, this is something that looks different, and so I'm not going to talk about church so much, but I was going to just talk about, I personally am a college student, and so I am involved with a large group Bible study at my college. If you go to St. Olaf, Thursday night Bible study, TNBS, come join us. We're on Zoom. Um, but I would say if you belong to a college, there are so many campus ministries. Sometimes they're large group ministries. Sometimes they're small groups. Sometimes they have both where they'll have a large group gathering once a week and then small life groups or Bible studies outside of that. All great. And I would just say fellowship with other believers is such a time to be encouraged by one another. As I read the book of Acts, I'm so inspired by how the disciples and the apostles encouraged other believers, new believers, each other, the apostles, like they encouraged each other and they spurred on each other's faith. And I just think that's so powerful. And the early church really was centered around, we're all going to gather and we're all going to take communion together. And we're all going to just sit around, you know, the spirit of God is in this place. And I think that's so powerful because the Bible tells us that we're two or three are gathered in his name there the spirit of God is. Bible study, fellowship, I think it's such a great time to just continue to spur on your faith. And for me, I would say, I do think it's important that that's not the only time that you're getting with God, but it's such a great way just to be inspired to go on your own and seek the kingdom first daily. And it's a great way also to just be poured into by others and to pour into others. And so wherever you're at, whether you're in college, I would say college ministry is great. If you're a high school student, youth group, talk to youth group pastors maybe about if you want to start like a Bible study that's like at your house. Something I did in high school was I was actually a small group girls leader for some middle schoolers I knew. So you can do that to pour into other people. You also can just get girls or guys around who you know who are believers and say, hey, do you guys want to meet, you know, once a week for an hour and we can all read the word together and have fellowship and have worship like you can be the start of something like that in the communities that you're a part of if that's not there already and then if it is there feel free to join like don't be afraid to go out and join these groups whether you're on a college campus or you're in high school or you're part of a young adults ministry um, there's so many places to get plugged in and if you don't know where to start with a local church and they'll normally have a lot of outside separate life groups that you can find or join and they all are just really really great and that is a time where there's a lot of encouragement lots of pouring in and it's also just a great place to meet friends to meet other believers you know I 
uh, my college met some of my best friends through my ministry, and so highly, highly recommend it. All right, you guys, that's all for today's episode. I feel like I just talked everyone's ear off with this episode, but I really just wanted to kind of chat with you guys, make this more casual episode, and so I hope that you guys enjoy just hearing about kind of how I structure my time with the Lord, and I hope this encouraged you to go out and have time with the Lord yourself. It doesn't have to be at a certain time. It doesn't have to be in a certain place. You can have time and fellowship with the Lord at any time, anywhere, and so... I encourage you all on that and I just pray that you have a safe, enjoyable week and I hope that you all had an enjoyable Halloween weekend. It's also election week and so I would encourage you all to get out there and vote also. I will talk to you guys in my next episode. Bye guys!